Do you know what time it is? It's that time again with Cindy Gern, who has the latest news about employment trends, current opportunities, and innovative strategies for managing a career on WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia. Hello, this is Jim Thomas, and I'm the host of the uh, Secret Sauce Show, which is a um, uh, part of the uh, Workforce Show, and I'm pleased to be here this, e- this afternoon talking with you with uh, an awesome guest. Uh, Linda Mathis is uh, Chief Executive Officer of the American Red Cross uh, in the National Capital Region, and so, Linda, thanks for being here. Jim, thank you for this opportunity to talk with you. This and, is great. And, and, and I'm going to talk a little bit about your background, and then we're going to ask you some, as I said, some really tough questions. Ooh-ooh. Uh, ooh-ooh, yeah. But... But more importantly, um, I've interviewed now about a dozen people, and uh, I have been very pleased to interview all of them, but I've known Linda for a while, and I can tell you that uh, I'm very honored to have her here um, today because I have personally worked at the American Red Cross for about four and a half years, and during that time, I really understood the importance of what the American Red Cross does as one of the most revered humanitarian organizations on the planet. And um, what I find interesting, what I found interesting when I worked at the American Red Cross were so many people who had literally devoted their lives to the American Red Cross, some on my staff who had worked with the Red Cross (laughs) 10, 20, 30 years. And so now I'm sitting across from Linda, (laughs) who has put in um, some number of years, I'll just say decades, Uh uh, with the American Red Cross and really hasn't been many other places. I mean, this has been her, her life, almost her life's work. So uh, I need to understand what that's all about, because um, as everyone has their story, and I certainly want to make sure the audience hears yours, because you have an awesome story to tell. But let's, let's talk about your, a little bit about your background, and, I, and I'm going to go through some things that um, represent what I see as a, a rather interesting background. And as I said, Linda currently is the Chief Executive Officer of the American Red Cross in the National Capital Region which includes a rather large area. It includes the District of Columbia, uh, Virginia counties of Arlington, Fairfax, Loudoun, Prince William, Maryland counties of Montgomery and Prince George's, and the cities of Alexandria, Fairfax, Falls Church, Manassas, and Manassas Park in Virginia. Um, And she's also charged with the responsibility to carry out the mission of the American Red Cross throughout this very large region, uh, and to support other communities across the country and around the world. I could spend a lot of time talking about her background, and I'm going to spend another couple of minutes, but I can tell you that she's had a very, she has a very impressive bio, <laughs> to be very frank with you. Uh, she was named Washington's, uh, she was, wa- she was, excuse me, she was named Washingtonian Magazine's 100 Most Powerful Women in 2017. She was selected um for the Influential Women of Virginia Award in 2014, and it goes on and on. She has an unbelievable track record of success and rewards, and it just, it's amazing. She was previously a graduate of the Leadership uh, Washington in 1997, and some years ago, she decided to go to college. (laughs) And she went to a college that uh, many probably have heard about, Vanderbilt University, where she received a master in public uh, administration. Um, And um, 
well, let me just back up. She received a cum laude degree or graduate. Uh, she was a cum laude graduate uh, of Vanderbilt University and received her Master of Public Administration from the University of Southern California. So let me get that straight. The School of Public Administration. She is a graduate of the FBI Citizens Academy, the American Red Cross Weapons and Mass Destruction Terrorist Program uh, at Clara Barton Center for Domestic Pre Preparedness and Partners in Organization Leadership at the John F. Kennedy School of Government at Harvard University. So to say that um, reading her bio somewhat quickly and leaving out uh, some pieces that we'll come back to, um, I continue to be even more impressed with um, the lady I'm sitting across from. <laughs> so, but that aside, this show is all about secret sauce. It's all about what makes us um, get up in the morning and do the things we do, finding our purpose and, and following it, uh, continuing on a journey where we believe that we've made a difference. And so that said, Linda, tell me why you joined the Red Cross, because you've been at this for quite some time, actually since 1973. Mm -hmm when you were like two years old. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so share with us uh, in the audience why the Red Cross. Why I did it. Yeah, why uh, you do this. Well, first I had, uh, thank you, Jim. Um, and you've worked with the American Red Cross, so you know what an absolutely amazing organization uh, it is. Um, why Red Cross for me um, many years ago and still is it just involves so much of what I believe in and continue to have passion for the mission, the values, the principles, the people, the possibilities, the impact, all of that uh, has held me close for, for many, many years. Uh, uh, initially, the, uh, the Red Cross offered a combination of things I was particularly interested in, community engagement, alternative approaches to education, getting young people right. uh, involved in their communities in a way that supplemented classroom learning, uh, all of that really drew me uh, to the Red Cross. Plus, uh, it was it was and still is an organization that's all about taking a look at needs, human needs, and doing something about them. And that drew me in as a kid when I was first exposed to the work of the Red Cross, uh, and that's uh, that's what keeps me close today. Uh, Red Cross is all about, as you know, the mission is about alleviating human suffering in the face of emergencies. And we do that by mobilizing people, by mobilizing volunteers and the generosity of people, generosity expressed through their financial contributions and through donations of blood out of their arms. You shared with me that you're a blood donor yourself, which that's is wonderful. Course. Think of the lives you've saved. Um, so that's what, that's what Red Cross is all about, and it's, it's uh, a set of values and principles and people and mission that uh, I align with in terms of what I want my own life to be like. So at the core of all of that, because you, you just mentioned a lot, there's <laughs> yes. a lot, and obviously the Red Cross is made up of so many moving parts. There's a lot to the organization, as I know. But back to Linda, if I, if I were to ask you, which I am, that one thing, that one ingredient that, that gets you out of bed in the morning, that, that keeps pulling you toward the mission of the organization that you've been so much a part of for quite some time. What is that one thing inside you that says, that you get, that you feel mm -hmm. binds you, brings you into the organization mm -hmm. every day? What is that? Oh, that's so tough to narrow it down to one thing, Jim. And that's why I said there were going to be tough questions. It's good for you <laughs> to push and nudge and try to pull out the one thing because 
I think immediately of um, the, the opportunity to, to give what I have to give to make a difference. And the organization is all about engaging people and making a difference um, in other people's lives. So that, uh, that really reaches me. I love to engage people in giving what they have to give. I told you earlier, I'm going to want to involve you again in, in the work of the Red Cross in some way that's meaningful for you and enjoyable for you, that supplements what you're already doing, which is donating blood. Sure. And, and you mentioned making a difference. And quite frankly, I've had other guests on the show that have said that. You know, what I do makes a difference mm-hmm. um, in people's lives or um, makes me feel that I'm purposeful. I'm doing something that's more than just a job. And I mentioned that earlier. <clears throat> it's it's a mission. It's a it's a calling. Uh, it's an opportunity to give back, mm-hmm. pay it forward. However they mm-hmm. describe it, it speaks to uh, that that singular um, positive ingredient mm-hmm. that I think is a facet of many ingredients that's in most individuals who are um, um, passionate about what yes. they do. Passionate and, and, keyword. Passionate. Yeah, and and. Um, and obviously, <clears throat> when you go back to work to your mission tomorrow, um, your staff is probably going to say, wow, you know, it's, we knew this about her, but she's never said it. And now, <laughs> now we know. Now we know what attracts us uh-huh. to her and to the organization. Because, you know, a lot of people who I um, support who are in transition and those who are working, uh, their biggest challenge is not the opportunity to be purposeful. But sometimes they feel purposeless based on the individuals that they work for. And many individuals who leave organizations leave because of their management or their their specific manager they're working for mm-hmm. and not the organization or the organization's purpose. And, and so often uh, I think that um, when I have an opportunity to um, speak to someone like you, who clearly people probably get up in the morning and feel very engaged um, to be able to go into the Red Cross, knowing the mission of the Red Cross, and know also they have the opportunity to work for an outstanding you know, leader. Uh, because um, I, I think leadership, as we define it sometimes, is about those individuals who are selfless, who look at what, it is, what is it about those individuals who I have an opportunity to work with um, to make a difference mm-hmm. that comes out when, when you start talking with them. <clears throat> so that's... Um, that's uh, it's interesting and very pleasant to hear that um, you know there's still good leaders out there uh, <laughs> doing great work. Um, so what's next? What what do you see if you were to fast forward five years down the road for you? Where would you be? What would you be doing? Oh. Don't say running for president, please. <laughs> please. <okay>. Not me. <laughs> not me. <laughs> oh, you get my vote. I got to tell oh, you. Oh, thank you, Jim. I am I am so mission focused <laughs> that I. Uh, uh, it's hard for me to see veering uh, away from from this. It really is. So I'm I'm still very focused and very grounded on the work I'm doing. And there's lots of work to do. I mean, look at what Mother Nature is doing. She's just on a tear. And so our team, our fantastic team, is working around the clock to help people under these uh, dire circumstances, be they uh, the frigid temperatures and before that the and still the wildfires, and before that, the, the hurricanes, Harvey, Irma, Jose, Maria, Nate, 
the tragic shootings in Las Vegas, and all still here in our own community, the everyday fires and the everyday work we do with the men and women of the military. So there is, there is so much to do still. Uh, I'm very focused on that. And, and I want to uh, emphasize again that part of what I love about this work is the opportunity to work with an absolutely extraordinary team of people who are also very mission-focused. And uh, I see my job as, as uh, really very much about supporting them and doing this work, making sure they have what they need, making sure they see the, the value, the benefits, the joy of all of what they can accomplish together better than they could do individually or separately. It's teamwork. Two, two numbers or two areas I want to get into very quickly. One is you mentioned fires, and, and certainly fires are one of the bigger tragedies numerically that um, the Red Cross is, is um supporting individuals through, which is a very um, unfortunate time yes. when individuals lose their belongings, lose their home um, or residence. Every day You and mentioned every the night. numbers mm-hmm. in recently mm-hmm. that you've been seeing as far as the number yes. of fires, as an example. Could you throw that number out again? You Absolutely. Mentioned- in, in the last few days alone, in our own community, there have been over 40 incidents uh, home fires, single-family home fires, as well as multifamily apartment buildings that have caught fire. And again, each person, each family is losing their belongings, their home, uh, their loved ones all too frequently, and our volunteers and staff are there immediately to help them walk through that process. They are providing them a safe place to, to be, uh, food to eat, clothes on their back, comfort kits with hygiene items that uh, are burning up in the fire. It's, uh, I, I see every day, Jim, tragedy, despair, loss, but I pretty quickly see people who want to make a difference, who want to be there for other, other people. Um, that, so this is happening around the clock in our own community. I think most people know Red Cross responds to the big headline news disasters like the wildfires in California. And in fact, we send trained workers here, there to help. But people don't realize uh, fully enough, uh, I don't believe, that every day and night in our own community, there are families who are experiencing uh, the loss of their homes from fires due to any number of reasons. And uh, particularly during this time of the year, we see an uptick in in fires. Mm. So, you know, between Christmas trees and other things that people, and and many more lights than they typically would have burning in the home or on in the home, there are all kinds of issues with electricity and other things that happen. Tell me about your staff. You you have an army of, you must have an (laughs) army behind you and supporting both volunteers. Beautiful people. Both volunteers Mm -hmm. and and paid staff. How large is your, your staff universe today? Our, our workforce is primarily volunteers. We have a core of about, right at about 3,000 active volunteers in this region. Across the country, that's several hundred thousand. Right here in, in our national capital region, we have a core of about 3,000. Uh, sometimes we recruit more to help us with uh, large disasters and, and deploy people to other parts of the country, but we've got a, a core of about 3,000 here. These are people uh, I so believe this is an untold story. These are people of all kinds who uh, are, are willing to leave their homes at any time of day or night to go to the scene of incidents here. In addition, we have about 1,000 who support our work with the men and women of the military right here at Walter Reed, Fort Belvoir, Andrews, 
um, people who help the men and women of the military and their families and veterans reconnect with home soil, uh, begin the recovery process once they're here, people who teach workshops, who teach how to, how to save a life and prevent injury. We have hundreds of volunteers who help us with, with blood drives, who help people going through that process. Uh, we have volunteers involved in absolutely everything we do and need more all the time. Our paid staff is a relatively small, fewer than 100 paid staff, whose job it is to support uh, the volunteers in their work. Um, we, we could not do all of what we do if it weren't for the, the volunteers and for a core of, of uh, capable, competent, compassionate uh, staff who work in such a committed, focused way to support the volunteer involvement. Uh, we just have an extraordinary team of volunteers and and paid staff in this area. Mm. It's interesting. It's um, it's such a vast organization. It touches so many human lives over the course of the weeks and, and the years that go by. If you were to change or to add <clears throat> to the American Red Cross in a way that was purposeful, um, made a difference, that expanded the mission, if at all, is there anything that you would consider? Change is <laughs> is uh, is one thing the Red Cross does uh, pretty constantly. I can say to you that we're always looking for ways to do this work ever better, and so the the use of technology has dramatically changed some of our work. Has made it possible for us to be there more quickly and efficiently for people. We use data analytics uh, mapping technology to make decisions about where to put people, equipment, supplies, logistics, so that we can be there quicker, faster, and more cost-effectively. We're, we're always looking for ways to, to do this work. So structurally, process-wise, system-wise, uh, we're making changes all the time. Uh, important to stay really grounded in the, uh, the purpose of the organization, in the mission, while also continuing to experience changes. So I'd, I'd say it's important for us to continue uh, to be open to changes in ways of, of doing this work differently and, and better. Uh, that keeps us agile. It keeps us uh, open to different kinds of emergencies, um, uh, active shooter incidents, terrorist attacks. That wasn't on the list many years ago. Sure, sure. A derecho microburst bombogenesis. These weren't on the wow. list of disasters mm. years ago, mm-hmm. but they're, But we've got to be ready for them, and we've got to be able to, to move quickly in response to them. So I'd say it's important for us to continue our openness to change and constant improvement and be ready to mobilize for um, whatever we're needed to respond to, What's core the, to our mission. Sure, sure. And, and what's, so that said, what is the interaction, if any, between the American Red Cross and, for instance, Homeland Security? We work uh, very closely with Homeland Security and with a potpourri of partners here on the local level, the regional, state, and federal levels. In this region in particular, we work with um, an absolutely wonderful network of nonprofit and government and private sector partners to do this work. We're, We're not in this alone. And we all bring a different strengths and purposes and missions and capabilities to the, to the table. Um, so we have close working relationships. We each have our part, our role, and together um, 
we do pretty amazing things to help our community through um, uh, through all kinds of things, through all kinds of disasters and challenges. So, need. What does the Red Cross need beyond what it has right now to continue to carry its mission forward? Is there anything? People. People <laughs> to come. Yes, <laughs> yes. Okay. There's a, a constant, ongoing need for people to, to become engaged and to become engaged in giving of, of their time as volunteers, a little bit of time or a lot of time. We have opportunities for uh, all kinds of people and who have a variety of different pieces of time to, to give. Um, we, we go about a process of helping to match people with what their interests are, what their time availability is, and what the, what the needs are. Another way for people to engage is, is by donating blood. There's a, there's a platelet shortage right now in light of all the many blood drives that have been canceled up and down the East Coast in particular during this period of frigid weather. And so we're doing everything we can to encourage people who are eligible to call, make an appointment to donate whole blood or, or platelets. Uh, there's a, a place to donate convenient for just about everybody. Uh, and they can go on our website or, or make a phone call to 1-800-RED-CROSS and make an appointment to donate. Another way we need people to, to be engaged is by making financial contributions in any amount. They all make a difference. We're dependent upon all of these gifts, Jim, gifts of time and blood and money to make all of Red Cross services po for, possible for people. And I think most people don't realize that. Well, it's, um, it's certainly, again, has, has a mission that, um, that many people would want to support because it's, it's um, supporting the Red Cross is like supporting your neighbor. Yes, absolutely. In, in neighbors helping neighbors. Absolutely. And so that said, given the fact that um, you need more people and could use more people and more money and more blood, um, and you just reminded me, I'm sort of due, so I now, yes. I'm, now I have to go <laughs> to tomorrow. Now Lead by to, example, to, yes. Yeah, I have to sign up for um, uh, to give uh, my unit of Thank blood you. before the week's out, um, before they start knocking on my door. Uh, but but that said, all the things that the Red Cross does today is certainly outstanding, and and what you've done uh, in a very purposeful way has 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 added substantial value to the American Red Cross. When I look at the leadership of the American Red Cross um, over the years that I was there and and even now, uh, I, I see individuals who are, are very unique um, because the aside from change and technology and and the humanitarian side of the Red Cross. It's it's um, it takes a lot, I think, to to deal with um, the challenges that you see, the disasters, people losing homes. Yes. You know when um, when I was at the Red Cross, it, you know it was kind of hard to leave at the end of the day and, and and not realize that if it wasn't for the Red Cross, um, someone might be sitting wondering, what am I going to do next when my house is burning down? Yes. And where am I going to be? Uh, am I going to be sheltered appropriately? Am I going to be fed? Um, someone in a hospital needing a transfusion, if the blood wasn't there, you know, what would they do? Exactly. Um, so, you know, it's to say that the Red Cross has a substantial purpose in, in thinking back to that, that nurse going through battlefields and, and, and becoming sensitive and, and creating an idea that, today continues to exist hundreds of, you know, over 100 years later. Uh, and I'm sure that 
the listening audience understands who I'm talking about because Clara Barton is is a name that everyone should know. But that said, it's um, it's been many years, decades that you've contributed your time, um, your passion, your energy to an organization that um, clearly every time I mention Red Cross, you have a smile on your face. <laughs> and I think it's because the opposite would be tragic. You know, if there wasn't a Red Cross, fill in the gap, huge gap. Huge. Um, and so um, uh, I'm pleased that I was able to provide the little time that I did, uh, nothing compared to you. Um, and so clearly uh, you're probably not going to retire now for another, what, 50 <laughs> years or so and uh, continue oh. to, to, um, to uh, move the organization forward. But um, I still have so much passion for this. I want to just keep going. So what does the next year look, for, look like for you? You know, there's so much we don't know about what's going to happen in this in this year. But what we do know and what I know, we must be ready for it. We must have the, the people, the passion, the plans, the equipment, the supplies to be ready for, for whatever unfolds in front of us. Yeah, nobody predicted the kind of fall we had with all those hurricanes, with all those wildfires, and with those horrible mass shootings. So we don't know all of what's going to happen in the months ahead, but we must be ready, and we, we will be ready. Well, Linda, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show, and, and one thing I do know that um, um, I'm sure many know inside the Red Cross, and that is, you know, with the kind of leadership we have in the National Capital Region, specifically you, uh, the Red Cross will be ready, uh, because it's obvious that you're not thinking yesterday, you're thinking <laughs> ahead. Uh, preparedness is is the mantra of the American Red Cross, yes. and and through leaders like yourself, there's I have no doubt that the Red Cross will um, will be ready for whatever comes. Um, so I appreciate you sharing your story with us today. The fact that um, I pulled you out of your um, um, your environment to come <laughs> forward because I know no. that this isn't something you do all the time, but I but I think that there's a story here that had to be told. A story of a woman who's devoted her life, quite frankly, to an organization that devotes its mission to to caring for the needs of others, uh, and that's a very um, necessary and, and and appropriate way of of how um, people help other people. And you've been at the forefront of this for many many years, and and certainly in this area and others uh, where you've worked with the American Red Cross. So I thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having it's, me. Uh, and thank you for your involvement, Jim. It's been it's been it's all about you, Linda. Come no, on. it's, it's not. Okay. It's, it's <laughs> about my team right, and you right and the listening all, audience. Yeah, but and, right uh, now it's what all about can it's, do. it's all about you because I can share with you that when I start looking and thinking about individuals being on the show, um, it's I don't go down a list. I, I it just comes to me that you know. Linda Mathis, her, you know, she is. <laughs> she has made such a difference in the lives of so many people that the one thing that um, I want to end the show with is just two words, and those two words are thank you. Thank you for what you've done, what you continue to do every day. And so this is Jim Thomas signing off at um, the Workforce Show, the Secret Sauce Show at WEAR 96.7 FM in Arlington, and I look forward to our next show um, down the road. So thank you again. Thank you, Linda, for thank being on the show. Thank you for tuning in to The Workforce Show. This interview and others can be found at WERA.FM or at CareerCentralOnline.com. Thank you for listening. Until the next time.